fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Whoa! Well, I'm telling you, whoa, there is a movement going on. There are things happening where we are seeing Republicans beginning to stand up. Republicans, conservatives beginning to challenge their own party and somewhat relatively safe individuals that consider themselves safe going into the midterm elections next year may not be as safe as what they think. What is happening under the GOP? Is it going to help or is it going to self-implode? That's going to be the big question as we move forward with the election for 2022. Hey, welcome into the program. It's The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. And boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. There's a lot to talk about today. So we'll try and cram as much of it is uh, in as we can in our one hour of excellence in broadcast i don't want to no that's a trademark i don't want to do that the new conservative movement the catalyst of conservatism the general for millennialism i don't know we'll have to work on that <laughs> that one a little bit we do have our live stream up and rolling facebook live youtube live twitter twitch.tv plus our ourfreedombook.com we're also on instagram and tiktok as well all of the handles are all the same on all of these social media platforms to make it easier for you and that's at who's your reason h-o-o-s-e-r reason that's it who's your reason also the website at who's your reason.com so one senator senator langford uh james langford out of oklahoma getting a little nervous about what could happen as he has a challenger going into the midterm election next year and he's been a relatively conservative guy ish but thought he was relatively safe because he's been there for a while. He's hard on some really good issues. He's not so good on some other issues. I've talked to him, I think, once. No, I tried to talk to him once. I haven't been able to get him on the program, but we've tried once. But he's got a challenger now in the midterm elections that brought in apparently a really big crowd just over the last week or so. So that one's up in the air. We have Ben Sass, That's the senator out of Nebraska. As he's being challenged, and he's actually been shunned from the Republican Party in the state of Nebraska. We'll talk about some of those in just a little bit. What's that mean for the Republican Party overall? Good news or bad news? Going to be relatively interesting. But first, I want to shift gears. We have two great guests coming on the program today at the bottom of the hour. And both of them, by the way, from the New American. So you can check out all their writing, which is really cool. At the bottom of the hour, Veronica Kirilenko. Uh, she's a writer for the New American. She'll be joining COVID-19 vaccines for inmates. And does that lead them to get uh, to go on probation and leave prison? What? I know. So we'll talk about that with her and see what the heck's going on with that. But first, we talked about this issue just briefly a couple days ago, and I wanted to tease it for this interview that we have right now. And just bringing it up made people think that, Andy, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're that right-wing nut job. You're the right-wing conspiracy guy that's just talking. You won't let it go, Andy. Just let it go. But we do have the audit going on with the ballots going on in Arizona with these 74,000 ballots where we don't know where they came from. And we're trying to audit that and see what the heck's going on. The media, of course, laughing it off that this is unsubstantiated conspiracies. Here's the crazy part. We read the stats. Near 68% of the state Republican Party in Arizona thinks that the election was rigged or that there was some issue and that it's going to, after the audit, is going to flip 
the election in Arizona with those 11 electoral college votes for the state. Now, again, I'm reserved because I don't have the information. So let's go to someone that's been researching this and see what the heck's actually going on down in Arizona. As she also writes for The New American as well, talking about politics, culture, education, disinformation campaigns from the left side of the aisle. We've had her on the program many times before and super excited to have her back on. There's Annalisa Peshek here. Annalisa, how are you, my friend? I'm so well. Thanks again for having me. Oh, it's always great to chat with you. And when you research stuff, I know you go deep into this. Uh, you you started looking into this Arizona audit, 74,000. Now, he won by like, uh, Joe Biden won by like 10, 11,000 votes in the state of Arizona. There are 74,000 ballots where we don't know where they came from, but yet they got counted. What's, what's really going on and what are we missing here? Well, we're missing some information, but we have a lot so far. And the paper evaluation is concluded. That's one aspect of the audit, and also the hand recount of the two point, roughly around 2.1 million ballots cast in Maricopa County have been recounted. And now the Senate is initiating a third recount. Uh, I don't believe that's finished yet, but we'll see what happens in the next week. Um, but some of the numbers are staggering, Andy, and I want to just give your listeners the, the the facts and the numbers. So. Here's what we have found out from the audit briefing that took place last week uh, in Arizona. And yes, you're correct. Joe Biden won the state by a little under 11,000 votes, 10,457 to be precise. So a little under 4,000 people voted despite having registered after the October 15th deadline. A little over 11,000 people voted who were not on rolls on November 7th, but were on December 4th. How does that make sense? And then another big staggering number, 18,000 people voted and then were removed from the voter rolls after election. So we're making sense of these numbers, and we haven't even gotten to the 74,000 mail-in ballots with no evidence of ever being sent. Wait, so those numbers are on top of the 74? Those, yeah, those numbers I cited are on top of the 74. And in addition to all that, you have widespread discrepancies in things like the ballot batch counts, um, how the ballots were handled and managed. I mean, I spoke with Ken Bennett, who is the liaison to this audit, uh, liaison to the Senate for the audit, and he said that, you know, you would open boxes and you'd see one ballot for a batch, and then you'd see a thousand ballots for a batch or a hundred ballots for a batch. So the auditors had to carefully go through and, you know, make sense of how uh, these ballots were managed. And that's just one aspect. There's a lot going on here. There's the forensic audit. There's the uh, hand recount. And like you mentioned, the Democrats are saying this is a sham and that we have to ignore it. But I spoke to people volunteering in Phoenix who were involved in the recount, and they testified to this process being highly meticulous, very orderly, uh, high security. Um, So hearing it straight from the, the mouths of the people who were there, I feel confident that this process was highly secure and that we're going to find out a lot more as the, uh, the results come out. 
This is wild. So we had people that were registered prior to, uh, not registered prior to the election, but then were registered on election day, which doesn't make any sense. We have people that dropped yeah. off the voter roll, which I can maybe see a little bit of that if they moved out of state shortly after in the process. Okay, whatever. But that seems a little weird because, I mean, for me, like most people when they move forget to be like, oh, I need to unregister in that county or in that state after I move. And the fact that it happened so quickly is very odd to me as well. Uh, so we have numbers on top of 74,000. Now, what are they trying to say about the 74,000 unaccounted mail-in ballots? Because I read one report where in the mainstream media who's trying to blow this off quoted the guy that said, well, uh, it's probably just a clerical error is what's going on with the 74,000 ballots. We don't really know. Yeah, we're looking, whatever, but it's a clerical error, and we can just kind of sum it up to that, as in please just wipe it under the rug so that way we don't talk about it anymore because 74,000 ballots, not a big deal. It's just a clerical error. We just forgot to uh, to record them or something. Yeah, these these reports are baffling, but it's true. Uh, hundreds. So the mail-in ballots have always been the issue, right? They've always... We knew they were going to be a problem. They were a problem. So this has to do with the mail-in ballots, and hundreds of mail-in ballots lack a chain of custody. So we're missing um, also images of envelopes with verifiable signatures, and that is in addition to this huge number of ballots that what we heard from the auditors, quote-unquote, say no evidence of ever being sent. And I believe that has to do with the chain of custody where there's a break, they're not able to verify that these ballots ever went out. And the other thing that they talked about at the hearing last week was the uh, during the paper evaluation, the ballots that the mail-in ballots should be recognizable by a fold because they were supposedly mailed and they had to fit in an envelope, so therefore they would be folded. But they counted thousands and thousands of ballots with no evidence of this fold, um, which is suspicious. Another thing that was noted was the lack of identifying serial numbers on original ballots and duplicate ballots. So let's say the original ballot, and I don't want to get too technical here because it can get very technical. The original ballot had a serial number, but the duplicate ballot is missing that serial number. So they're not, they're not matching up if that makes sense. And then the other issue that they're they're seeing is the um the circles that are uh filled in when you vote. Um that the radius of that filled in circle is and I'm probably not using the right language here, but it's basically there's a huge degree of offsetting that should a normal degree of offsetting that should take place. And they're seeing ballots with more than like three times that that amount of offsetting that has taken place, and they're just unable they're they're unable to. Uh, well, there should guess, be a relatively yeah. predictable ratio between Biden and Trump votes based on districts. I mean, we've had on uh, experts who have uh, that have predicted elections. Uh, one guy for sure, Dr. Gerard Lamero, we've had him on the show many times before. He's made predictions on elections since like the 1960s, and he's been within a, a 2% error margin, and he predicted exactly what the results would have been if all this stuff is gone and Trump actually won is what his stats actually show based on the data that he looked at county by county, precinct by precinct, and some of the trends that we've seen over the years. Uh, so if all of this quote-unquote fraud or whatever happened didn't happen, it would have fallen in line with the projections that he would have made. This is so out of the norm, and the anomalies are so grand that we're just kind of looking at it saying, what the heck? 
Well, I think we've been doing that since the night of November 3rd, right? When, yeah. When they stopped counting, and that was the first anomaly that made us all start scratching our heads saying, what is happening here? And now we're getting proof of evidence pointing to the, the fraud, but this is after months of uh, lawmakers in these states saying that their elections were clean. You know, if you look at Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, and I'm maybe mispronouncing his name, but he he was adamant that the election was was fair. And now there, Georgia is another state coming out with um, huge evidence of fraud in Fulton County. So I'm I'm watching that closely and. Um, Arizona and Pennsylvania as well. You know, they're getting a lot of uh, backlash from their governor, Governor Tom Wolf, who's a Democrat, who's not willing to, uh, I guess, you know, or he's he's not, he's hoping the legislature doesn't move forward with um, an audit. But I guess we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I know that they're trying to do what they can to bulk and try and at least put up some red tape. They're trying to dismiss it. They're trying to just belittle it and just make it a non-issue. But again, when you have 68% of the entire state Republican Party's constituents believing that this is going to reverse course in Arizona, that's not a conspiratorial little, you know, minority group of people just yelling. That's a large group of people that are concerned here. And as we see more anomalies actually bringing up more questions and answers, that's a concern as well. So I think there's something to it here. Annalisa Peshek, we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about moving forward, what this audit's going to continue to look like, and if it does change, what that could mean moving forward in the long term as well. Lots to get to here on The Voice Reason for a midweek celebration. It's going to be a doozy. Stay here. Strap in, buddy, because it's going to be fun. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great Republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be across this great nation or elsewhere as well. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Our numbers are looking awesome. Our streaming numbers are going back up after some of the shadow banning. Maybe they're starting to release some of that. I don't know. I got a weird text yesterday saying that Facebook was going to suspend my account if I don't click the link. I didn't get any notification on Facebook, so pretty sure it's a scam, but it's weird. Numbers going back up there. Our podcast numbers are looking awesome. We appreciate you guys more and more each and every day. Thank you for supporting the program, and boy, do we have a lot of really, really, really cool stuff going on with the show and more. Go to HoosierReason.com. You can see the blogs, all the great stuff that we're right there. Now, I'm not a writer like everybody that we're having on the show today. I'm not a writer. I'm terrible at writing. So if they looked at my blogs on there, they would laugh and be like, you are such a grammatical idiot, Andy. And that's okay, uh, because the newamerican.com is where you can find a lot of investigative research, a lot of writing, a lot of great information and content for you. And our guest right now is a writer for the New American, again, newamerican.com, uh, Annalisa Pesci, because we're talking about the audit going on in the Arizona ballots, which uh, we got a few minutes here before we have to let you go. But this is it's so wild because we've never seen, at least I've never seen, an audit so intense, and yet while they downplay it, we're raising more questions than answers about where these ballots are coming from, what's going on with the voter registration rolls, which we're not allowed to ask these questions apparently, or else we're racist or bigoted or terrible or, or whatever. But let's just say, first off, let's talk about the process on where we're at right now and how long is this process going to take for all of the different parts of the audit that are going on right now? So the audit should be complete by, I would say, August. We're going to start seeing reports come out. Well, we've seen one come out already, but um, through July we'll, we'll probably get a couple more, and it could take as long as August to get the full um, audit report if the audit is complete. Now, we have to remember that the auditors are still missing critical uh, items like routers from the county and passwords from Dominion, and those items have not been turned over to the auditors. So there is a chance that uh, it will become an incomplete audit. That doesn't mean that we can't look at the findings and um, and, and have evidence of, of widespread fraud, which we already have, but it would be nice to have all of those items. So I, the last I heard, I believe it was uh, Senate President Karen Fan who said that she thinks that they're They'll go back to court uh, to subpoena the county again for those items, and Dominion will just, you know, have to see what happens. But um, as far as where we go from here, it's a great question, and I'm not sure anybody knows the answer. Uh, We can look to the Tenth Amendment, which says that the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. Mm. And I'm quoting the Tenth Amendment because if we are considering the decertification of an election, which is uncharted territory, uh, we can look to these enumerated and unenumerated powers, meaning the granted powers, uh, to to the government by the Constitution. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm saying a lot here, but basically... Um, we're looking at the states. If the Arizona Senate and the House come together and are able to reach a resolution, uh, the Senate cannot act unilaterally, and Karen Fan has said as much, but it can act in concert with the House. But it has to be the entire legislature working together. 
um, for them to come up with some kind of resolution, say they do decide to decertify the election and take back that slate of electors. Uh, this has never been done before. So, um, yeah, we. I mean, I, you're right. We don't know where to go now. Here's the part we got to remember as well as we kind of wrap up: is that Arizona is five electoral college votes. So even if that one is decertified, it wouldn't change the overall election outcome. But it does, I correct. think, raise questions for more audits down the road with other states as well. Annalisa Pesic, we're out of time, my friend. It is always good to talk to you. you. Always have such great information. Let's get you back on the show again here real soon. Thanks, Andy. Great to be here. You as well. Always appreciate that. Lots more coming up as we go through a Wednesday here on the Voice Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Boy, we really chuck through a day, don't we, here? Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time having way more fun than any other talk show. I don't care who you are. We tried to do that. Welcome into the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Thanks again to Annalisa coming on the program. Always good to chat with her. And one of these times, we'll get her on the show for a full hour because she's got a lot of content, as well as our next guest, which I'm super excited to chat with as it's been a while since we've had her on the show also a writer for the new american phd degree in political science see here's the thing i went for political science in college and did it for two years and i said <laughs> no 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 <laughs> not doing it i'd rather just argue about it on the radio yeah so which means she's way smarter than me on this stuff but here's the issue so we talked about the arizona ballot thing in the last half hour the other big issue, obviously, that's going on that the media wants to focus on and talk about is, of course, COVID-19. We focus a lot of time and attention on it as well. You're burnt out on it. I know I'm burnt out on it with all the stupid lies that come out from the government and the health department and so on and so forth. But as they try and do this, to me, it's a it's such a weird desperation push to get this vaccine. Get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. It, I don't care. I'm not getting it. My family is not getting it. And let me remind you, that's consisting of a family that has a lot of health issues. We are not getting the vaccine. Not going to do it. But if you want to, do your thing. I don't really care. The government's so desperate in trying to push this as that they're making it such a weird incentive. And certain states have given like lotteries out and tried to get prizes out. Here in the state of Kansas, they've tried to do little perks and stuff. We'll give you free tickets to the zoo. Okay, thanks. Uh, the state of Ohio tried to sign up to do like a five-week lottery, giving away a million dollars a week for a few weeks if you actually got the, the vaccine for a certain time period. They're desperate, which to me doesn't show the validation of the 
vaccine being good. It just means that they're desperate for you to get it, which means I'm a little more even gun shy than what I was before, so to speak. Well, here's the latest part that I think is a little angering, yet interesting all at the same time, is in Ohio, with their crazy, weird, desperate push, they try to get as many people vaccinated as possible. There was a piece out from the New American, the newamerican.com, and you can find this on how Ohio has added vaccinations as a condition for inmates to go on probation. Say what? So to talk about this and more excited to have her on the program, Veronica Kirilenko with us here. Veronica, how are you, my friend? Oh, hi, Angie. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's great to talk to you again. It's been way too long since we've had you on the show. This is really a thing. You can now get out on probation in the state of Ohio if you get the COVID-19 vaccine. Well, there are just a couple of, well, a couple, couple too, much, too, too many uh, judges that actually that actually do that right now. Yes, it's been a couple of, uh, there's been a couple of reports uh, about judges adding COVID-19 um, vaccination as a condition of probation, which is extremely wild to me and to, I bet, to many of your listeners. So uh, the first report was about the common pleas judge, whose name is Richard Fry. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, indeed, he edited the vaccine uh, as a condition on three cases in the week of the roughly 20 sentences that he imposed. Um, the judge said that he discussed the matter in open court with the defendant. And, uh, he said that they attributed their unvaccinated status to procrastination and none of them raised any philosophical, medical, or uh, religious um, objections. Uh, judge said that uh, he just wanted wanted these people to be safe out there in the community, and he cited um, Ohio's low vaccination rate. Uh, it's really surprising because Ohio uh, doesn't have a low, also has a low infection rate. That that was what that uh, should be concerning, right? <laughs> Okay, so just 47% of Ohioans uh, got at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine, despite the fact that, like you said, uh, their local authorities and businesses tried really, really hard to push uh, the needle in every everyone's uh, arm, but they failed. So uh, the vac- trend of vaccination has flatlined, like everywhere in the nation, and it actually went down, and uh, it was... Uh, it was really concerning for the judges uh, too, so they decided to to come up with this uh, with this idea. Uh, so they say, okay, uh, if you want a shorter probation, then go ahead and uh, please uh, give us a proof that you got your COVID nineteen vaccine, which is uh, which is, I think is a gross malpractice because well, vaccine is a medication, and uh, this is something that you should be discussing with your doctor, not. Not, 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 not somebody in the government. Yeah, they there are lots of exceptions, right? You you don't know if you can even have it without getting uh, in trouble, without getting any serious complications, or even 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 dying of it. Who knows? Judge doesn't know know that, but still they they they, they push this uh, measure. People. Yeah, it's weird that a judge would be making a decision like that. I mean, uh, because you're right. I mean, that's not their area of expertise. They're not consulting with health department officials. They're not consulting with experts on anything. And it has nothing to do 
with the crime, whatever that may be, a misdemeanor, a felony, whatever it is, of this indiv- these individuals in these cases, it has nothing to do with that. For that to be a condition, you know, you're, you're going to be in jail, you know, you were DUI driving, whatever, you're going to go to jail, but you can get out on probation if you take the COVID-19 vaccine. This sets a whole nother bar to me of number one, desperation, but number two, of danger that we're making conditions for people that have nothing to do with the crime that they committed just to try and promote some government agenda. It's really scary to me. Uh, yes, it is. It is, And it was scary to, to many people who actually were offered uh, such uh, such conditions. For example, uh, one of them, uh, it was reported um one one of the offenders who pled guilty to a charge of improperly hang, handling firearms in a motor vehicle, he was sentenced to two years probation. And as a part of his probation, uh, he must give sample during random drug screening, remain out of legal trouble, return the gun because it wasn't his gun uh, to to its owner, and get a vaccine. <laughs> like spot, spot, spot. What's wrong with the sentencing? Uh, it's it, it, it's ridiculous. And the the other man who was um, charged uh, uh, similarly, he was sentenced for gun and uh, uh, some mishandling uh, the gun. He was uh, literally shocked. He said, "When I heard this in the courtroom, I, I literally began to to shake." And he said, "He asked his attorney, uh, does the judge actually have a right to do that?'" And um, this man, his name is uh, well. His last name is Latham. So he um, he said he he, he um, contacted uh, American Civil Liberty Union for protection, and uh, their lobbyist. Uh, he expressed concern about the practice. You know, it's not my favorite organization, but uh, he he said it's really problematic at minimum, and he said that um, this condition with uh, is. It's, it's similar to, you know, last year in Ohio, it was something just as shocking. The guy ruled that the man who failed to pay his child support cannot have any more children. He actually ruled that. He said, okay, no no more children for you, <laughs> honestly. And uh, the man, a man he uh, filed the appeal, and the appeal court said, uh, yeah, actually, no, you, you cannot have children. But it's not the government's decision. So the man... He appealed again to the uh, Ohio Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court actually ruled that, uh, yeah, he can't have children. So this wow. is some, something some, something similar happening uh, here right now. We have this experimental COVID-19 vaccine that are forced some people. It sounds like a lot of people in Ohio need to start doing some reforming in, of their <laughs> judicial system in Ohio because it sounds like the judges are getting a little high on their horse to make life decisions for individuals. You can't have children anymore. You need to get mm-hmm. the COVID vaccine. I mean, I get that judges are supposed to maybe put in a punishment or a harsh thing or whatever to punish someone or to help steer them in the right direction, get them signed up for a, a rehab program, do something. But to make major life decisions like this, uh, that, that's wild to me. Are any other states doing this or is this really... Ohio. Now, I used to live in Ohio. I just left there a year and a half ago when I came back to Kansas. And uh, I mean, I know that Ohio has its moments, good and bad, but this is this is a whole nother level of abuse or abuse of power, I think. It is. I, I will agree with you. So one of the local outlets, they uh, reached to the Supreme Court, actually, and the spokesman for the Supreme Court, he said that uh, they couldn't say how widespread the practice was and is. <laughs> 
but they provided a link to another media report about the judge offering, again, to shorten probation sentences for those who get the vaccine in um, another uh, Ohio county. Um, it, it's a drug court. And, uh, yeah, the judge there, he, he offers people to shorten probation if they can prove they got the vaccine. That's crazy. So at least, at least, at least two courts are doing that. Yeah, well, it's and even a, Supreme Court doesn't know does doesn't know anything about it. I mean, they do know, but uh, but again, they're not I, health I'm experts. Not sure how much they are concerned about it. Yeah, they're not health experts. They're not consulting with health experts. They're not. I mean, I'm sure the Kansas Supreme Court is not going over and consulting with the Ohio Department of, of Health and Environment to talk to them. And be like, hey, what's your thoughts on the vaccine? Should we, you know, can we partner up with this to make some program to try and get more vaccinations? Like that's that, that's just weird to me. The weird part to me is as well is that almost two thirds of the Ohio population's on Medicare Medicaid. So they're on some form of government health care. The fact that mm-hmm. vaccination rates are so low in the state in Ohio kind of baffles me as well, because if everybody's on these government things, then usually they would be the ones to go and get the vaccine if they're pushing it, which means they should already have like a 70 percent base of of a quote unquote herd immunity from vaccination rates. But they don't, which is kind of surprising. No, they don't. You would, yes. Well, you, you know, uh, the data shows that the vaccine hesitancy closely correlates, uh, and the vaccine rates they closely correlate with the with the political affiliation. Mm, and yeah. you know, maybe the Democrats they tend to be more obedient uh, and more dependent on the government, more uh, trusting. That is true. And There's the a lot of Republicans there. Veronica, are more yeah. freedom loving people. That's they, true. They Veronica, we got to take a hard break here. Hold on, hold that thought. I want to continue that when we come back because. I, I want to continue this discussion, but uh, conditions for probation in the state of Ohio for certain cases, getting the COVID-19 vaccine. That's a wild story. We'll continue this when we come back with Veronica Kirilenko, the new American, the new American.com right here on the voice of reason. Stay here. The voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. 
Nation, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, this program goes by way too fast. Last few minutes here on the show, wrapping up the midday celebration, or the midweek celebration. I guess the midday in some parts of the country as well. The midweek celebration here on The Voice of Reason. Thanks for joining us wherever you may be watching or listening. Your millennial general, the catalyst for conservatism. I kind of like that. We'll have to move forward with that one as well. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. More entertaining than trying to watch Joe Biden walk up a flight of stairs. <laughs> See? As we talk about COVID vaccines right now, and I know it's an issue that's very touchy for some, and people are tired of hearing about it as well, but when the government starts using this for a political agenda to start pushing an agenda and really changing the fabric of society, that's when you know something's a little fishy. The red flag should pop up. You should be a little more cautious. As the state of Ohio, some judges adding the vaccination of COVID-19 as a condition for individuals to get on probation after they've committed a crime, like mishandling a firearm. Oh, two years probation, and you got to turn in the gun, and you got to do this. Oh, by the way, got to get the vaccine. Now, as we mentioned going into the break, that Ohio, I'm surprised again that the number of vaccinations are so low in Ohio because like two-thirds of the state population is on some form of government health care, either because they're elder or because they're sick with Medicare and Medicaid. That's why, if you remember former Governor John Kasich, that guy, when he was on the debate stage running for president, then he he talked about how he would like to, for example, end abortion or something. And he's like, well, I'd love to, but I can't because, you know, then I'd have, I'd have my funding cut for Medicare and Medicaid in the state from the federal government, and then they, you know, most of my population's on that, so I really can't do that. So... He really cowered, which he was a coward anyways, and I was never a big fan of John Kasich. But Ohio has some serious issues they need to work through, both politically and apparently judicially as well. Uh, Veronica Kirilenko with The New American. You can find her at thenewamerican.com with all of her writings. Talk about, the real quickly, I mean, have other states used this in their judicial system? I know that other states have used the idea of the lottery system that they started in the state for the uh, for the COVID-19 vaccine and other little perks to give people if they end up getting the vaccine. Have other states talked about doing this as well with the, you know, you can get on probation as long as one of the conditions is you get the vaccine? Uh, well, if, when it comes to when it comes to the court decisions to open uh, to to um, propose such such option, uh, there was only one report. Like I like I said, the Supreme Court spokesman he said that uh, there was on, on, only one known court that uh, does the same. But uh, the perks uh, that that are offered uh, in different prisons um, in such places. They, they 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 are really really uh, strange at least. Uh, for example, in New York State prison, officials offer it's thirty four thousand inmate care packages and barbecue parties, for example, to get vaccinated. Uh, it's uh, reported then in Massachusetts, if uh, inmate in prison uh, receives both doses of the vaccine 
watch and read educational material and submit a form of approval, they could shorten their sentence, for example. Then in Virginia, where I live, um, the, the Department of Corrections announced back in January that inmates who receive the vaccine will get a free mail stamps and telephone credits. How about that? Isn't it sweet? And then in Texas, the Department of Criminal Justice is opening visitation to contact visits. And some can go with even mask-free when any particular unit reaches a 70% vaccination rate. Like you said in the beginning, they are really, really desperate. And um, the assumption behind all of that is that the vaccines are always safe for every single person and yeah. they're close to 100% effective all the time, which <laughs> turns out to be very inaccurate. Yeah, that's not true at all. I mean, we see a lot of cases which the media doesn't like to report on, but there are, I mean, obviously compared to the amount of people that got them, it is a short, it is a small percentage, but still a percentage nonetheless of people that have had swelling of the heart, that have actually had uh, seizures, that have actually had uh, dementia or other different issues that have happened after getting the vaccine, that they've uh, begrudgingly linked to the vaccine, even though they don't like to report on it. Uh, they don't like, and uh, I don't know, it's a very new development. Uh, our magazine, cover, co- magazine covered this story yesterday. Apparently, a lawsuit was filed in federal court in Alabama, and it is alleging that the federal government is actually hiding at least 45,000 deaths related to the experimental COVID shot. So currently, the number that in the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System, known as theirs for short, uh, there are just 9,000 possible vaccine-related deaths, but um, there is a whistleblower whistleblower in the CDC, uh, Jane Doe, she, she wants to see it. Of course, she, she, she doesn't want, uh, you know, they don't want it out. her name. Yeah, they don't want it out. Veronica, I... Yeah, I, I hate to cut you off. We're out, we're out of time here, but that's a nice little uh, dangling tease for the next show on here. Veronica, it's always good to talk to you. TheNewAmerican.com. I appreciate all the info. we got to get you back on the show again here real soon. It's always an honor to chat with you. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then, we'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.